Hello everyone. Welcome to Jack's Chill Vibes. I'm your host. On this show, I have my friends come around, sit with me, have a drink, have a chat or a chinwag, like my British friends like to say. We'll talk about what's trending, we'll talk about what's not trending, we'll talk about random stuff. The overall plan is just to relax, have a chat and just jam. I hope you feel the vibes. Welcome to the show. I'm a young stunner, freedom fighter. So many haters on my Instagram, on my Twitter, so many followers. Yeah, Jabi my savior on God, bad man keep me on God. Jabi my savior on God. Today I have with me my friends from around around the world. Let's just keep it that way. First, I have Shay from New England. I have Doug from also from New England born and raised in New England, and I have Will from the South or Middle East. What, what do they call you guys these days? So I'm in Texas now, so this is the Dirty South. <laughs> dirty, Dirty South. Okay, welcome, guys. I'm so happy to have Thank you guys you. here. Some of you I haven't spoken to in a Thank while. You. Before we start, I will ask you to go and grab a quick drink, anything, water, lemonade, and then we'll start right off. All right, welcome back, guys. So, let me see. What are you guys drinking? Um, Will, I've seen, I've visited Will at twice, and both times I went to his place, <laughs> it was like being in in a <laughs> in a special place. So I'm sure you have something interesting on your table. Let's hear it. What do you have? Um, unfortunately, tonight, because I'm working very early tomorrow, I'm just with Coke and Ice. Just what? Coke and Ice. Coke and Ice, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. How about you, dog? I just got some um, hydration here, just a nice tall <laughs> glass of water to keep my uh, voice going. And then... If I get nervous on the other side, I have a little bit of whiskey just to... Okay, okay, okay. I like like the cocktail. (laughs) What's going on, Shay? What you got? Mm, Just a glass of wine. Okay, what wine is it? I love Ah. this. So this is Menage It's It's a California red wine. Okay, okay. You get that Trader Joe's or uh, Wegmans, you know. I love it. Nice. Okay, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for coming. Cheers, mate. So, yeah. So, let's keep it real casual. Um, today, I want to talk about this year so far. I'm sure you'd agree it's been a crazy year. And we'll talk about the things that have been happening, coronavirus, race in America, and, yeah, anything else. So, I guess I'll start. 2020. This year started off, for me, it started good. Um new job new home it was kind of started off with a good vibe and then when did when did right around the time kobe died things just started going funny when was that was that february when kobe january died? january late january late january 20, yeah 20 something i forget i was actually on a flight right i was actually on a flight in flight on a jet blue flight you know they have tvs and stuff um cable and we just saw the news flash imagine being on a flight when you heard someone plane crashed and they died and then 
in my own opinion, since then it's just been downhill. I'll let I'll let one of you go. Shay, you wanna tell us about what you think about the year so far? How did this start? Yeah. Yeah, the same boat. It's funny. Yeah, we, the same thing. We got a new house. Well, it wasn't a new job, but I thought it was a great year. Everything's were, everything was going good. And then the coronavirus thing just hit us from nowhere. Yeah. Um, Kobe died. Then you know the latest thing I heard. I heard an asteroid is coming for the Earth. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, well, it's been nice knowing everyone. <laughs> I, think, I, I think there was a place in Nigeria, somewhere in, in in Nigeria, where they found, they woke up, or in the night they heard a big bang, and they found some things on the floor that couldn't be explained, and they decided it was an asteroid or something, I don't know. But yeah, how about you, Doc? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> It's hard to even remember what happened between January and March. It seems like a different lifetime, you know? Uh, I think things were just kind of going along normal, you know, work, seeing people, you know, not wearing masks to the grocery store, things like that. <laughs> Everything just changed. <laughs> Will, when did you when did you leave New England? Yeah, it's 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 been a. It, this is my first New Year out in the South. Um, I left actually July nineteenth to be exact. Um, so twenty nineteen for me was more interesting than this year actually. Um, first half of the year, I was trying to sell my house because you know the company was moving me um, out to Texas. Um, so yeah. it was it was a little turbulent. You know, first half of twenty nineteen, kind of got through the sale of the house, moved out here. You know, selling the house um, is tough, man. It depends tough. on where you are. Is selling the, and buying at the same time is crazy. Yeah. So the thing is, good thing I didn't buy at the same time because I was moving to unknown territory, yeah, right? Yeah. And I didn't have the opportunity to keep flying back and forth to, you know, check out neighborhoods and things like that. So I'm, you know, I actually had to rent, and then you know moved out here. Uh, New Year was great. Uh, Christmas was phenomenal. I mean, there was no snow. It was beautiful grill weather outside. <laughs> like you could literally be grilling. Um, steaks for Christmas. Uh, so I, I, I really like it down here. The only thing that kind of ticked me off was the crickets. No one told me there were a lot of crickets out here in Texas, but it is it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so 2019 went away, 2020 came in, um, you know, Kobe died. That hit me like it was my brother, right? I, I went through the seven stages of grief with yeah. that whole thing. I went from anger to sadness and, you know, the whole nine yards. And then, you know, COVID came and I mean, I, I'd been working from home for I'd maybe say the half year and a half. So that wasn't a change for me. Full time. Yeah, I can work from home. No biggie. Um, so I, I work from home. Not much of a change. The change, though, was now I had to live with my kids in the house 24 seven. Yeah. And I wasn't I, ready for it. You know what I keep and saying? I keep saying working from home is different from working from home when you have kids. It's like working <laughs> from an industry. It's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. Challenging. It's challenging. Um, you have to keep it them is. gainfully occupied, um, not bored, and then you have to deliver at work. How old so are the kids? Yeah. What's that? So I have, a four, I have a four-year-old son. He Well, interesting thing. They were, they were both born same day, three years apart. So May 15th. Uh -huh. um, so my wow. son turned four. My daughter turned one this year. So, Yikes. 
the, it's the rough part. Well, well, it saves you money because you can do the birthday on the same day. <laughs> so the fun thing there is, for me, it might save me money. Five years from now, will they like it, right? Would they bicker at each other because it's the same birthday and one wants a frozen birthday while the other one's planets, you know? Yeah. Uh, one's a boy, one's a girl. It's Keep us posted. It will do. <laughs> will do. Yeah, so I guess you know? we can dive right into the corona thing, right? Um, I mean, um, I feel like, first of all, right, I've heard many people say all around the place that they've, they've actually felt like they had corona they had COVID sometime late last year. I know a few doctor friends in Nigeria said um, a few patients came, all the classic symptoms, and some of them actually died back in November, wow. right? So it got me thinking, like, how did we, how did we come to decide that this thing started in January? Because you know, so can I give you an interesting? Um, uh, I, you know, I don't want to be disclosing any names here, but so my wife has a very good friend that she's been in touch with, you know, you know, she, girl travels all over the place. She lives in Nigeria, runs a business. She goes to China all the time to buy stuff. You know how Nigerian, you know, enterprising women do. Yep. So this woman, um, for some reason, hadn't talked to my wife in like a month and a half. My wife gets a text message, maybe I think February or yeah. March. Must have been February. Anyway, she gets this text message from the girl's husband. And the girl's husband was asking her, well, when was the last time you heard from your friend? And she was like, well, I hadn't talked to her in a couple months, you know, which the is unusual, husband, but okay. I got busy, I moved in. The girl died. Wow. Come to find wow. out she died of a pneumonia. Okay. And mm. she'd been traveling to China quite a bit. <laughs> so Wait, she lives in Nigeria? She lives in Nigeria. She okay. she trades, so she yeah, buys, yeah, yeah. goes aboard, buys stuff from America, buys stuff from China, buys stuff from UK, takes it back to Nigeria to sell. And and she died, and it was a pneumonia that killed her. And and we just started to think. So when COVID hit, we when did she die? She died in November. So when COVID go. hit, we started to think. Well, wait a minute. This girl may have actually died of COVID and nobody was the wiser of it. Like, you know? Mm. So yes. I wonder how many other people like that have died in Nigeria. Completely flying under the radar. Nobody documented it as COVID. You know? Yeah. Nate, what do you, what do you, what do you think, Nate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on cue. You talking to me? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. We have a guest. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Hello to everybody. Fly How's Jerry. it going? Hey. All right. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Run along to bed, okay? Go give that phone to mom. All right. Dog, tell me. Any thoughts? Right there. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard any uh, early origin stories myself. Um, but it is... Um, you know, it's so my company has offices all over the place, and it's definitely good to. Um, it, well, it's not good. It's interesting to hear how things are going all over the place. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's you know, certain countries are you know. We're gonna talk yeah. about we're gonna talk about how life has changed, but I just wanted to get your uh -huh. thoughts on initial start because, for me, you know, there's there was this whole thing about um, how. There was a cover-up, 
you know how so um how it was some doctor in china found that there was something going around and he was kind of telling his friends in a whatsapp group saying hey guys watch out there's this mm. thing flying around and they kind of kept in quiet and said don't say don't say this don't say that you know trying to keep it down i felt like if that hadn't happened would have been able to control this thing faster what do you think shay man this whole thing is it's just sad i don't know <laughs> it's, <laughs> like surreal, right? it's surreal and people have not made it political hmm. you wear a mask you don't wear a mask <laughs> you know you know i mean and everything's I, political i mean i, I just <laughs> feel like i feel like if if the world was a was a court of law i think china would be found guilty of some serious crimes hmm. we'll, i would not disagree with that at all yeah i mean I like i feel like the thing had been in there for a while and you know it's possible that they have actually they actually heard about it before this year i mean we, we, there was something i saw recently that they used um was it gps or heat heat signals to mm. track hospital visits and parking lots and they found that around late last year there was a lot of cars in parking lots in chinese hospitals a lot of cars a lot of people coming through more mm. more than usual so that says a lot that says that there was always something going on but you know it got hidden and by the time it came out it was yeah. too late people were traveling for the chinese new year traveling to america traveling all around the world i can't imagine how many people traveled to nigeria for business along that time and took the virus you know and you, you so for me i i started to look at the conspiracy theories and you know some of the um information that came out of the world world health organization and yeah. it, it appeared to me that china actually delayed communicating with the who on this mm. and when they finally did didn't fully disclose so the who was a little slower to act because of the delayed information that they received at least that that's the excuse i'm going to kind of put forward on their behalf mm. um that being said you know you are world world health organization for a reason you yeah, just really have the the breadth of infrastructure across the world so that these probably have implants in every country so that and when i say implants I'm implants in the country and implants mm. within the government of each country Invest, yeah, like so that these the coast, types of yeah. things do not fly under the radar right um yeah in china is in my opinion maybe even more than my opinion they've been the source of a lot of these pandemics or should i say epidemics h1n1 china swine flu china i mean we've we've we have a bunch of them that come out of asia maybe it's the exotic foods that they like or exotic <laughs> meats but you know but still that's that to me that's prime pickings of any country that i would have if i were the secretary general of the who you know who i would have somebody in there monitoring things within the government and outside of the government just because you know the government can be a little sketchy sometimes yeah especially in those countries where they be authoritarian and stuff is mm-hmm. less easy to get real information out i mean yeah so i guess i'd never if someone had told me that you have a complete shutdown of flights around the world i would have said it's it's, it's some impossible but that's happened like 
it was just shocking that there will be a time in my lifetime where yeah you can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah See, that, mm, that's the thing though because you, you wonder even if even if everything was disclosed immediately and as fully as possible or you know people in their lifetime haven't experienced a disease that spreads like this and kills quite like this so you know mm. would countries really have even reacted until they started to experience it for themselves and yeah, this but, is true. so you know but, like but I, so not an excuse certainly but but i really wonder like dog, i don't but, know that yeah but remember the obama administration even the bush administration this is they prepare for. for I, I was just like waiting. This. I was waiting for <laughs> this to come round to United States politics. All right, on cue. Let's go. Yeah. No, it's true. Like I, I, I was like, you know, there was. I remember when Obala. Ob, I said Ebola. Ebola happened. I said Obala. How many glasses have you had of that miniature truck? Yeah, go on. Obama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Ebola. When Ebola, Ebola happened. Okay, yeah. And there was a response. You know, he created the, the Ebola czar. There was like a response team and everything. And they handled that thing well. Because think about it. Ebola was deadly. It was killing people in in in, in, in those in, in West Africa. But look at how they contained it. <laughs> it was funny how fast they came up with a vaccine. I don't know if it was co- coincidence or whatever. But... You know, I mean, so, Ebola has been around for a while. Ebola is not new. Yeah, but this, the coronavirus is coronavirus is no, no, no. This coronavirus is new. Coronavirus is a family of viruses that have been around forever, and they only call coronaviruses because they have an appearance under the microscope. So you see something Correct. that looks like a Toyota, then you call it a Toyota. Then you have to figure out is it a Corolla or a Corona or Highlander? What exactly? So mm. I think why you can say that, but. Ebola has been around. We've always known. I, I learned about Ebola in school. I'm sure. So, I, so the, the 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 thing there though is Ebola, as around as it has been, there is no cure for it. Yeah. So you just supportive care and hope yeah. for the best. But at least you no know, vaccines, you know what you're dealing with. You know what you're dealing with. You know how it works. You know the mechanisms. You know what is attacking. Right. Even so now we're can, still learning about yeah. coronavirus. So you can you can you can deploy a a response playbook for Ebola yeah. because you already know it. You you have literature and tons of literature on it. Coronavirus, you don't. Um, when, when this thing first broke out in the United States, I was the first on social media lambasting the Trump administration for being lackadaisical and I criticized him for his response. But then I, I took a step back and I thought about it. If I were in his shoes, any president at all, would they have shut down flights from China in January? And the answer to that is, I don't even think Obama himself would have done that. I, I personally think the Trump administration failed in many regards. Mm. This is something that really was beyond any playbook that anyone could actually True. deploy. Yeah. Um, I was, I, you know, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a Trump fan or a Trump supporter or anything. Um, but I, but I feel this this is you know I, I would cut him some slack you know in, in on this one just because it's new we don't have a playbook for it you can deploy the you know the the playbook of any type of you know respiratory virus for it 
So, so I, agree, still... I agree with you, right? But where the slack doesn't get cut is, is as as always, the way he talks, right? Yeah. When anything started, like, if, if he had just been quiet and not said too much, the slack would have been appropriate. But when you start saying things like, oh, it's just another hoax, it's nothing, it'll come and it'll go, just like, ah, come on, stop it. Yeah. That's where you, that's where you're like, okay, you can't really cut him slack. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I think that it's such it's so fresh and so different that it would have been hard for anyone to have a perfect response. Yeah. But I mean the way he talked about it, and you could say that he was just saying it, he didn't mean it, but the way you talk about things usually tells people how you feel and how you react. Yeah, yeah you know? and, and it's a signal to to not trust the scientists, not trust the who not trust the best information that you have so yeah that's what's tough is and that's kind of his trend is don't listen to the best information you have just mm. listen to my and then he and then he tweet. goes on twitter and pedals conspiracy theories and you know and that does nobody any good yeah then then hydroxychloroquine too killing you know <laughs> no no just but, but, but you know if, what? You know what? If I had shares in Sanofi, I would pedal hydroxychloroquine. I tell you. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? There was actually a scientific basis for hydroxychloroquine, mm. even though even though um, trials and stuff didn't show much. But you know, let, let's get a bit clinical here. So, for the viruses, right? If you can get zinc into the virus, it breaks the virus and destroys it. The job of chloroquine was to carry the zinc, like transporter, carry the zinc from wherever it is in the body and take it inside the virus. That was the job of hydroxychloroquine. So, I mean, based on the science, science even now, we, we still don't know if, I mean, trials said it doesn't have effects, but I know that I have hydroxychloroquine at home. If I catch the virus and it's getting bad, I will drink it. <laughs> Yeah. Just because I grew up on hydroxychloroquine, I'm sure two of you would tell, will agree. We drew, we yep. grew up drinking hydroxychloroquine for malaria, so it's nothing yeah. to us. We're not going to get any heart failure, any stuff, anything right. like right. that. So I mean, and he was, I think he was just looking for a ray of sunlight. You know, when everything is just going crazy, you just want something. And you know how Trump is is just, and he likes to detract, <laughs> d- distract, and he was just grass groping for anything. If, yeah, but sometimes, you know, we just have to sit, take a seat back and let the scientists do their thing. But when you're 70, imagine you at 70. No one's going to tell you, oh, keep quiet. You're going to say what you want to say. It's And the salesman, so the salesman, he can't get out of this yeah, salesman's yeah. character. Like a, a used car salesman thing. He, he just comes and pedals and pedals and pedals. Whether it's supported by the science, whether it's backed by any study out there, he doesn't care. Listen, he's always he's always putting out nonsense, like you know, fake, fake like false information. I mean, I'm gonna. It's this is a little bit off topic, but look at that old white guy. I saw that tweet in Buffalo. Yeah, same the guy's part of Antifa. Like I'm like, wow, this poor guy is still in the hospital, and you're now you're now you're now saying this guy is part of that. Like, come on now. Since but I'm signaling to his base, though. Since you've moved us forward to race in America, we might as well <laughs> get there. But before that, I'd like to talk about how life has changed, right? For me, well, I've always been able to work from home because I, 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 I work far away and everything I do at work, I can do at home. But, you know, there's always the push to have places in the office like twice a week or something. So, 
in, in that regard, life has changed. Like, like we said earlier, working from home with kids is like working from industry. It's a whole different ball game, right? And then the fact that you've had to, you're having to homeschool. Yeah, so when it first started, I was keeping my son away, like, don't make noise, just go somewhere. But I got to a point where I'm like, listen, everybody knows, everybody knows kids are home. So now we share the office, and, mm. I, and I don't say, "Oh, I'm sorry for the noise in the background." I'm just, I just say, "Oh, I'm sharing the office with my son today." There's no apologies, nothing. The noise is the noise. There's nothing I'm going to do about it. But for me, I, since I work in IT, life is even got more busy and just crazy. There's, I find myself the dangerous part of it all is that you find yourself always near your computer if your computer is on somebody sends a message on teams you quickly check he says can you check this then you find yourself working more than eight hours a day right. so what i've learned is now what i do is i hope my workmates are not listening to this podcast <laughs> i block the first two hours of the day just to wake up and do stuff at home maybe read emails and i block the last three hours of two hours of the day and if I need blocks in, in between somewhere, I just block them so that nobody is scheduling any meeting. Because now nobody respects your time. They schedule a meeting at five just because they know yeah. you're at home. You're yeah, there. So I know. So I've learned I've learned to block block time off. And when people when people some people still go ahead and book time like they didn't see the block. I just I just decline, say I have a conflict as you could see. Yeah, so that's what's changed. Apart from that, life is just got really, really busy. Probably because there's a lot of home homeschooling going on, and then work doesn't slow down. What's it been like for you guys? Let, let's talk about the downsides. What has changed in, in like what has become more difficult? And we're going to talk about the good sides. Hmm. I guess for me, it's funny because I work for um, for a carrier now. So we used to be United Technologies. So there was a split. So they split in in April. So UTC became Raytheon Technologies, Carrier, and Otis. So when that split happened, obviously a new independent company that's publicly traded on the stock market, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, so what that meant was like a lot of the corporate, I was having a lot of meetings with the with corporate, with our corporate offices in West Palm Beach in Florida. And they just like, oh, in April, things just got busy. So March, April, May, we're having meetings. And this is when coronavirus is going on. And they know, you know, you have your kids and everything. They're scheduling meetings. I just, they're not even talking. They're just pretending like nothing's going on. So at one point, you know, I just had to ask, I'm like, do you, I had to ask them during the meeting, I'm like, are you guys affected by the virus? And those are awkward. <laughs> like, are you guys, what's going on here? Are you what's going on? Are you guys, like, do you even acknowledge that? that and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how's how, how's it going up? And like, oh, yeah. it's crazy. Then I think there was a, there was a pause. That I think they checked. I guess there was some type of reality check. Yeah. I'm like, listen. I then I just I I, I just opened up. I like, listen. I have my kids here. There's you know I don't have my full staff. Some people are calling out. People are like worried. And you're not going to get your deadlines. Or you know I'm like, and this is what it is. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay. We understand. You know, we, we, you know. And things change because at first they were just talking like, "Oh, you need to do this by this date." You, we need to. I'm like, "Listen, it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. You know, you guys can fight. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna. I'm just, you know." And I guess you know there are people who can just you know, yeah, accepted it. You know, I, th- I, th- you? I just thought it was funny though. That at first, people just acting like nothing was going on in the world. 
Yeah. What's your experience like, dog? I mean, it's definitely. Um, I mean, I don't have any little ones running around here, so I think it's uh, a lot easier to manage probably during the day. Yeah. You know, I see, I see, I see the folks with the kids running around in the background on their on their uh, video calls, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what, how you're surviving right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely, you know harder to sort of separate personal time from work time because it's very easy to just kind of see email and you know when you go into the office and come home it's a little easier to sort of shut off and exactly yeah wait till you go in to start checking but i used you know, to your home out. i used to be the master of shutting off because i was contracting for a while right yeah you get paid when you're working so once i leave the office don't mail me don't message me unless you're paying me yeah so, but now it's different because so I think for me, it's kind of a mixed bag. I feel like I stopped contracting in November, right? I was just thinking, what if I was still contracting? I'd probably be laid off now waiting mm. for an unemployment check that is not coming because <laughs> most contractors have been let go, right? And wow. a lot of companies don't want you to work from home. I mean, there's just so much. Being a, being a contractor is just a very mix, mm. big mixed bag. Yeah. So things I'm thankful for. What's, what's your own take, Will? So my, my company, I, I, you know, if my CEO were here, I would have given him a big hug and, it, you know, said, said a big thank you. Um, so he, you know, I work for a company um, that is a healthcare payer. Um, okay. And, you know, usually what happens is when you're, when the economy shut down, first thing that stopped was phone calls. You know, we don't, doctor's offices were closed. If they're closed, they're not calling us for benefit breakdowns. They're not calling us for anything. So customer service was getting zero calls. Yeah. Claims department. If the doctor's offices are closed, no claims are coming in. I work in utilization management. Right? Like my, I lead about a team of 100 staff. And, you know, we typically get probably 20, 25,000 claims a week. Um, we we're down to like less than 1,000. And then at some point, we were close to zero so i had wow. to start thinking so my my thought was if this stretched for you know more than 30 days i have to start justifying to the senior leadership <laughs> why i'm keeping all this stuff right um and then so leadership said well let's take everybody send everybody home so the you know senior management got new dual screen monitors for every single one of our staff. We shift everybody, shift everybody home and they started working from home. And then I, you know, working from home, started, had to start thinking of ideas to keep people busy because we were getting no authorizations and claims from doctor's offices. We, we literally had next to zero work. Um, so, you know, I started doing all these old trainings that I had thought, you know, we had pipeline we started i called on the clinical trainers to start rolling out training so we're doing these needless trainings like four five six hours a day just to keep people <laughs> occupied and yeah. you know and and but trust me the trainings ran out in a week right so we had to get really <laughs> there's creative. only so much training you can do there's only so much right so we had to get really creative with you know things we could do to keep employees gainfully busy so did you while, were you able to keep them all? Yeah, we 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 kept everybody. Um, and oh, you know, so we we had a bi we, so we have a biweekly um huddle with you know senior leadership team, and so they would just communicate to all the managers that look, 
we're not laying anybody off, right? Um, we're going to keep all of our staff. At least that's our 60 to 90 day plan. Uh, we're keeping everybody. And the reason why we're keeping everybody is we want to be able to scale up very quickly should, you know, economies start to reopen. We didn't, yeah. I mean, the leadership think, didn't think the, the, company could be sh- the country could be shut down for more than 90 days. Yeah. Right. There's just no appetite for that kind of bullshit here in America. Pardon my French. Um, so, you know, I think, and as I you think can see, she, she already opened the floor for friends. So let's just keep the French. At, at about the 60 day mark, Texas, Texas was like, we're done with this nonsense. We're, we're opening back up. And, and yeah, really, you guys are crazy. Yeah. By I know a guy. Faith, I know a guy who moved, opened up. It was like, screw this. I know a guy who moved from Boston to Texas and he's DJing. I'm like, hold on. How you DJing and everywhere is packed. Are you guys yep. crazy? If you if you go out, right? Yeah. You will see people in clusters. Malls are open. Cinemas are open. I mean, I'm not going out because I'm yeah. the oldest guy in my family, my <laughs> nuclear family here. Okay, if we yeah, all yeah. caught it, I'm at risk of dying. At least I'm at the highest <laughs> no, risk. Yeah, of the dying. highest risk of dying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my yeah. kids will probably catch it and not even show any symptoms. I yeah. I might say you know goodbye to the sweet by and by. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, but you know, so switching to the good things, right? So one of the things I've learned during this coronavirus is that I I can do without my barber, right? <laughs> so um, you guys can see my hair because we we have a video going on, but you listeners probably can't see. I've cut first of all, first of all, I had my wife give me a cut, which was not bad. She saw it. But then I, 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 I kind of got creative, right? I have two clippers at home. I have the one you use to shave your beard and I have the regular clipper. So I, I try to do a fade. I use one on the side to clean it bald. Then I just use the other one on the top. And there you go, faded bald. I don't know if you can see it. So I've <laughs> learned that I'm not in the barber, but the greatest thing I've learned, and Sean probably knows this now, is that I'm less afraid of being without a job mm. because I have seen that with enough research and yeah. and being smart, you can make money in the stock market. I've so I've I've always been on I've always been buying stock and shares for the last five years, but not 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 not, not as intensely as now. But now I've even learned option trading. I've learned tools that can make your life easier. So now I'm less scared of retirement or losing a job because I've seen that if you just if you have the right information, you can really do well. And a recession like this comes once in a decade, right? Like once It's in, an opportunity. Yeah, once every 10 years. So I found that if you do some wise investments, because like I always tell my friends, if you take 5K to the bank today, if you go back in five weeks, it'll be 10K, or maybe 10K and $5. If they don't charge you ATM fees, if they charge you ATM fees, it'll probably be 9999 <laughs> But if you put your money in the stock market, especially in the recession, and you relax and wait till recession picks back up, you'll probably go a little bit. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things I'm very grateful for because I never I don't think I would have learned so much. Mm. I mean, I'm not I've not made millions, but I've made I've turned little money into big money. Sometimes I've not really lost because I've, I'm I don't take stupid risks. But that's one thing I've learned, and um, I'm very happy. Well, I can't say I'm happy about. So, first of all, the day the, this Corona thing really hit me was the day they cancelled soccer. They said no more soccer. I'm like, hold on, so I can't <laughs> play soccer. That's when it really got. Before I was really happy with working from home. Oh, no more driving one hour to work. 
But the day they announced that soccer league is cancelled, that's when I knew, okay, this is now serious. It's real. But mm. yeah, no, I'm not even joking. I know you probably think I'm joking, but it hit me. My wife will tell you that that's when I really knew that my life is under threat. But thankfully, I started biking. I tried to bike three miles a, a, a week. So I've kept fitness up. But yeah, for me, it's been, I can't, I don't need, I don't need a barber because first of all, I've always been germophobic. I don't like people touching me. I don't like handshakes. So when Baba comes and it's all in your face and then he's just touching you everywhere, it's just too close. So what that kind of barber do you go to? <laughs> yeah, and then I've learned this stock market thing has really been good. Yeah, so what's your own angle? What have you learned? What's new? I've been I mean the good side. Let's let's forget about the bad side for a few. Yeah. Will you know so for me, um, the good thing is, you know, I, I would say maybe I've spent more time with my family than I typically would. Of course. You know, even course. though I've worked from home. <laughs> he said, of you know, course. Yeah, okay, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Can I just say, yeah, I'm so happy that I've spent more time with my family. Thank you, you know, for I'm showing always, me up. I'm, I'm always neck deep in work or something and, you know, haven't had the opportunity to just have like endless amount of us time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first couple of months of you I would say first few weeks was great. And then it kind of got okay. I don't tire now. You know, we've, yeah, we've, yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah, a little yeah. too much of each, of each other. And yeah. and my, I'll tell you, uh, my my kids, my four-year-old, he, every morning after like the second week of, you know, social distance, yeah. he would wake up and be like, am I going to school today? I mean, he's, he hasn't started school yet. He's, he's He goes to daycare. Yeah, every yeah. And he'd be like, Daddy, am I going to school today? I'm like, Nope, there are viruses out there. Like, oh, because of the viruses? I mean, he knows the whole coronavirus. He knows the full name. He's saying, is it because yeah. of the coronavirus? Like, even, yeah. my, even my two-year-old, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And, and that can be fun. Yeah. But coronavirus, coronavirus. We can't go. If I say, why aren't we going out? Say because of the coronavirus, yeah. And, and it, it, you know, so you, in my in my office, we usually do, you know, video video. Um, meetings now, just yeah, so course. that we can put faces to voices rather than just being on web. What do you guys you use Teams or Zoom? So we use Microsoft Teams, and yeah, good, yeah. so what happens though is, so I'll be in these in meetings, and views up, everybody can see my background. Then my son, so my <laughs> the other, I use, we, I have a bed in the, it's so I use his room as my office, there's a corner yeah. there, yeah, and he would come on the bed and be jumping in the background. <laughs> so the entire <laughs> team is looking at my four-year-old just hopping up behind and I can't do anything about it. And then I, I figured, okay, you could kind of change your background on Microsoft. Yes, team yes, yes. So that right. it blocks out everything. Uh, yeah. Then you know what? He's yelling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we might as well leave it so there's an explanation for the yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, so I basically have to do these Ex, ex, explanations all the time like oh, my son is in the room if you hear any voices it's I, st I stopped explaining because there's no point because yeah. you know but, what I found out I'm always explaining but some people just come in and you feel like they have 10 children there's all this noise yeah. and they don't say sorry they just keep you pushing so but, I'm, 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 but mine is not even that bad though so there's a there's a colleague of mine it's a girl um, you know she's one of the managers as well and she, so she she kind of converted her basement where they keep, she has a gun safe in there, you know, bow and arrow, stuff like that. So she converted it to like an office. Her hus wow. husband is a big hunting guy okay. from out in Wisconsin. So her her son 
would walk in like a 16 year old boy would walk in shirtless <laughs> in boxers. <laughs> 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 and, and so we've had some, you know, really interesting conversations, you know, yeah, over, you make, over teams. You make things interesting, yeah. You see quite a lot of people's lives. <laughs> I remember have the other been, day... Have you been having haircuts? Because you don't look bushy. Oh, me? Yeah. I, I, I patted down. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it's long. I, I mean, I, I, I keep this a little tame from time to time, but... You know, this one I've not been to the barber in maybe four months now since February. Wow, wow! Yeah. You're doing a good job pulling it down. Yeah. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dog, dog is if you, if you viewers, if you listeners haven't figured it out, dog is a white guy. Um, when I first <laughs> met him, I always I always told him he looks like Jesus. His guy, his hair was just all over the place. I think the first time he actually shaved and looked like something normal was was <laughs> sometime around my wedding when I gave him a lineup and stuff and his, his wife was like whoa what is this who is this guy look very different <laughs> but right now you look you look what, tell us about the positive sides of coronavirus for you uh, dog sorry <laughs> yeah well um yeah I think I do need the barber um <laughs> I haven't had the same luck <laughs> um but um yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, I think a lot of folks who are still working end up right now um, end up being quite a bit busier. And, you know, we do global health stuff. So uh, and work with U.S. government, U.S. government's trying to spend money and everybody in health is trying to do COVID work. So we've been like slammed. So in a lot of ways, that's been really nice to sort, you know, I don't feel bored. I don't you know not running out of things to do or, or any of that stuff. Um, and you know, it's meaningful work still. So that's kind of nice, but okay. Yeah. I mean, time with the wife's been nice and she's, uh, <laughs> she's in, uh, she's works with a choir. So every Love afternoon, at home. every afternoon I hear her singing, you know, or, or, or one of their teachers sing into the kids and, you know, okay. kids of all ages saying some hilarious things or the older kids talking about what's going on right now. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, that's kind of fun to listen in on that because in my normal life, I don't interact with younger yeah, so folks all that I, much. <laughs> to chip into that um, dog, I, uh, I was talking to that, my colleague, and she said, you know, she was talking to her kids, you know, I think this must have been probably the third week of March, first week since social distancing started. And the apparently the kids have been calling the coronavirus the boomer remover. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good one. That's a good and one. I, I, so I, on one hand, it's funny. That's terrible. On the other hand, this is yeah. grotesque. Yeah, that's not good. It you is, know what, you it know what? is not yeah. I, 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 I can't say at a point like this coronavirus is kind of like a health screen. It's kind of take away the older guys, the ones that are not healthy, and it's going to leave the millennials and the ones that will move the world forward. Essentially, my my cousin in Boston actually got coronavirus though. Um, mm. He was he was he was admitted in, in Mass Gen for like two weeks. 
Wow. And after that, he was quarantined for another couple of weeks before he yeah, was. Yeah, I know if you've wow. had coronavirus. Some of them actually told me they've had worse colds than the coronavirus. So it's a mixed bag. What's your own positive side of things, Shay? Again, I think you spend the time with the family. Oh and God. I think I've learned to be. <laughs> uh, no, it's interesting because, you know, with Nate, with Nate, the one year old, it's. You watch, so he was supposed to start right before this thing, the week they shut us down. He was supposed to start daycare. I remember. So, so just watching him grow and grow, talk, yeah. now he's talking, it's, it's interesting to me, you know. And now he, he was like, a, I, I call him armpit because my wife is always carrying him. Um, yeah, always like this every time. <laughs> yeah. Armpit, that's what I, that's his nickname. <laughs> yeah. But now he, we're like, I guess we're hanging out and, you know, it's fun though. Um, mm. But I'm also learning, I think I've learned to be self-sufficient too. Um, like, You've always been a self-sufficient guy anyway. You've always like... I have, yeah. yeah. I like doing things myself. I, I always like tell, Shay, I always tell um, Shay he's saving money for a mansion somewhere <laughs> in, in Nigeria because he's a DIY guy, which is good. I've also learned that a lot, but I, my issue with doing stuff myself is like, I feel like if I start something, at a point I'll make a mistake and then I have to call the guy to come and then he'll charge me for everything <laughs> he would have charged before and more. Yeah. So that's no, what I fear, but I I'm guess you have scared. to pick and choose what you're doing. Yeah, but I actually enjoy it, to be honest. I've realized, so I've honestly, I trans this, 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 this uh, thing, if you come to the house now, the house yeah. is so totally, oh my God. I and I think it was a good time for you because you moved in and you needed to do some work with the house. So yeah. Was for you. yeah, yeah. So I did like, I did install the backsplash. I put a new double oven. I put a new wow. dishwasher. I installed Dude. everything. What did yeah. you do is the question. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the back, I did every, like the, the, so I have like an acre of land. So I was like, oh, I'm going to hire landscapers. But they're like telling me a, 125, 150 to color grass. I'm like, what? I so thought did it was you like, buy a mower? Yeah. So I bought a riding. I bought a riding mower, and I've been doing it. I'm like, you know what? Nice. So I had. I I I paid True Lawn to treat mm -hmm. the the grass. Yeah. And so the first time we did it, I used to push the push lawn mower, and it took like yeah. four hours. I'm like, this is not mm -hmm. going to work out. So I bought <laughs> the riding one, and it took me like 30 minutes. I'm like, problem solved. So I I'm hope, like, I hope you can keep it going. Um, before I moved my first home, I had that low mower too, but it just got too tiring doing it every time. And I just eventually got someone. But you know that life is going to change soon. We're going to be back to work. I hope you have time. But I mean, you only need to do it once a week. Or once a week or once every two weeks. You know, by weekly. Yeah, so, so it should be not... fine. And I think when you think of the investment you made buying it, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this. All yes. right, guys, it's been a good discussion so far. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk some more. Um, if you want to refill your drinks, now will be the time. <laughs> yeah. I got goons from the left, goons from the right. Pull up on the roads with a bad chica. And man, I'm on a god, I got goons from the left, goons from the right. Pull up on the roads with a bad chica. All right, welcome back, guys. Let's see who made it back. I think. Will is going to refill his, his his ice and cook. Okay, guys, so let's, I mean, I think we've kind of had a good 
close so far. We started from the year I went to mention Kobe briefly, which is really sad. I don't think we talked enough about Kobe, but we can save that for a different time. Talk about coronavirus. We talked about a little bit of politics, thanks, thanks to our in-house political focus guy. I'm, I'm literally texting. I'm literally, we have a little group. We're, literally, we're texting about stock and this and that. And all, all Shay, Shay just comes in and say, ah, this politics. I, was it not today I said, why are you so focused on politics? I know you love politics, so this is going to get political now. Let's talk about race in America. And that's why I brought my friend, Doug. He's a white guy. He's my, you know, you always have to have one white friend because, you know, it just it just looks good <laughs> on you. It's like it's like having one gold watch or something. It's always good to have one. I always call him jokingly a white supremacist and stuff. So I brought him here just to, to have the other side, you know, to give us the... The white privilege. But isn't that doesn't that doesn't that sound like if if we're a white person and that token black person? How does that sound? I no no no. He, I come on. You know everybody knows I'm joking, but you know, <laughs> but it really really is okay. I'll tell you. Okay, since you said that, I'll tell you. No, but I'm that, joking because I know, I know you're know. joking. But I'm going to tell you why it's actually real. And Nate, Nate, if Nate, I don't know if Nate remembers it, so I'll just start a discussion of right. So Nate and I have played, we played soccer together practically from, from the day I came to America because we went to the same school and then we played every every weekend and we play leagues, right? So there was a time in the league, in our league where they would say we're, we're a bit too rough and they actually sent me a mail saying we should consider finding a different league and maybe our style is too rough and stuff. So I was like, okay. Well, we used to win a lot of games and we we didn't play rough. Obviously, we're strong guys. We're better than most of the guys because we've, we've been playing. We played with rocks. We played with bottles growing up. So <laughs> we played on with bare, on bare feet. Um, so they told us that we'd be rough. So I said, I said to Doug, right? I said, Doug, you find this funny, but let's let's try something. Let me take my name off the captain. Let me not be the captain because the captain's name gets put in the records, and that's who they see. That's what they, they see your team, they see your team and they see the captain's name. So let's remove my name. My name is Bugubugu Baga, Jumanji, blah, blah. Let's put your name <laughs> and let's see how it goes. Do you remember this discussion, Doug? Yeah, of course. So we put his name. Guys, I've never I've got not, a I've not received an email since then. <laughs> no one has told me anything about your team is rough or anything. Yeah. That's, I know you... you it's easy to say that's a coincidence, but I don't it's think so. It's powerful. Because before then, it was complaints and complaints and complaints. But and it, and it was all complaints. Name, yeah. It was all complaints from uh, the teams that were the roughest. Exactly. exactly. So since you I know, put since I put Dog's name, no complaints, nothing like you're too rough. It's all been smooth sailing, asking, oh, are you guys coming back to play the league this year? We're not complete. So it's a bit different. And the funny thing is that, and another interesting thing is that, um, most of the racism I've faced in, in, in America has been from soccer. Hmm. And I'm sure I need to have a bit to say about this too. So one of the first time I experienced racism was I was on a team where I was I was one of the best players on the team, right? And so I would get to play more time than the other. So one of the guys kept saying, Take him off. Why is he playing all the time? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, this was a bunch of guys who played grass hockey or something, right? So, I played football. That team? 
Yeah, that team. <laughs> I played football all my life. I, I've always played with Nate, so I took Nate to the team too. So the guy was complaining and said, yeah, you just come here with your green card. And when he started saying, uh, first of all, I didn't understand what he was saying, but when he started saying green card, then he said, your benefits. And I'm like, oh. And I, this is what I said. I said, oh, you're being racist. And I said it loud because I, I wanted everybody to hear. Oh, you're being racist. And that was the last time he came back. He never came back to the game. I never saw him after that. So, yeah, so that's happened. And I let Doug hit this off. Like, you remember a few times when Nate was, like I said, Nate Doug was was um, the only white guy on my team, apart from his friend who came along. And you want to tell us about things you've heard people say about us and you to you and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not something I encounter in my day-to-day life growing up in, in Massachusetts for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's interesting because, you know, we'd play teams and a lot of times I'd be the one arguing with them. And, you know, if, if there's tensions rising, I, I might be right in the middle of it, but then, you know, you'll be running down the field and somebody will say, you know, literally, why do you play with these monkeys? you know and it's like wait you were pissed at me a minute ago but now you're like you're like on my team against like white power white power there i specifically remember um there was a team that was really pissed at me because i was complaining that they were being rough basically (laughs) and they were yelling at me the whole game and at the end you know i'm i I, i'm like look you know I'm, i'm just talking to them and and it's uh it was what was that comment Did you play yeah with it was not, they, why, why do you play with these twats yeah and it was like i'm the i'm the one you have a problem with <laughs> <laughs> and you're insulting those guys <laughs> and it's like what what else is that about and and i remember we confronted them about it a, a, a couple weeks later when we play, played him again, we seemed to play that team like every other week in those days. I don't know what it yeah. was with that team. Yeah. But, are, they, um, are they regular American white kids or other, yeah. like, yeah. interesting? Hmm. And uh, actually, so, you know, when I confronted them about it, you know, for the most part, they were just yelling at me to get out of there or whatever. But it was, um, there were, it was a co-ed league. And I remember one of the, you know, I was like, look, people in this league make all kinds of assumptions about my team that they don't make about other teams. And I was happy because one of their teammates actually said, Hey, yeah, that's actually true guys. You, you know, you should listen to that. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they see you, they see a bunch of black boys. They just think uh, this guy's probably delivery guys or they work at McDonald's. They, they don't think anything of you. Like there was one time somebody got injured and I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm trying to help. They say, what do you know? Who are you? I'm like, oh, I have some... I didn't want to say I'm a doctor or anything. I just said I have some medical background. They yeah. say, oh, just, just stay, step aside. They, they just... I mean, then I'm yeah. like, I just look at these guys like, I'm probably more educated than all of you and your families, but, you know, <laughs> I've just been through a lot. What are your experiences with uh, racism and stuff, Shay? Uh. Have, you, have you seen any... I remember one episode you told me about where you came out and there was a banana on your car. Mm. Yeah, this was at work. This was actually a few months ago. So we had like a sorry, ju- ju- just a quick one. I don't want you to talk about the police yet because you're going to get there. 
to just talk about racism, race issues in general America. Yeah. No, so just in general, I mean, so obviously, Nate, Nate, I, I don't know. So obviously I'm Nigerian, right? So yeah. coming here, you know, I, I, I went, I did undergrad on like, I know, and uh, like Will and and Jags, yeah. I, yeah. I did I did my undergrad here, so I've been here for like over twenty years. So you know, coming right out of high school and starting college, uh, green, you know, eighteen year old boy, you know. So I get in the in the college straight dorm, from the streets of Lagos, where you are dumb, you know, rich kids, just like unassuming, tr- just I, I just assume like I'm like think about like a. a I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a black Nigerian kid, but just think about me as a white kid in a foreign country, just you know doing this thing. And my first experience was this football player, like you know, in the dorm room, like the lounge area, like, hey, what's up, nigger? I'm like, wow, this is wow. the South. Yeah, so I'm like, wow, okay. It was I didn't know how, I didn't know how to react, react. or yeah, I bet you said like, oh, hi. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever, and I kept, I kept it moving. But I'm sure if it was like a regular uh, African American or a black kid, oh, would have punched him in the face. So I just walked away. Then I went to, the, so you know, then the other funny thing is, bar, I, I needed a haircut, so I just went to the barber shop. Ah, I, I was yeah. so great, but it was <laughs> a white barber shop. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I was so unassuming. I just went to the barber shop. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, I want a haircut. And the guy like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. I was like, oh, then like five, 10 minutes later, the sheriff comes in, a cop car. And uh, <laughs> and they start asking me questions. And the guy is cutting my hair. And I just like, oh, they're like, oh, you go to Campbell's, like the university? I'm like, yeah, I'm in the university. I'm a freshman. I just came. And I think they're like, oh, okay, this guy is like clueless. That I, you know? yeah. So this is a yeah. small town in the Midwest. This is Kentucky, actually. So a small yeah. town in Kentucky. My brother lives there. So, yeah, yeah. Your brother lives in Lexington, right? I even mm-hmm. lived in a smaller. Lexington is like a city. I live in a town called Campbellsville. So a small town. So you know, and I didn't think about anything of it for years. So now, and I think like ten years later, or even like recently, I thought about it. I'm like, wow. So what happened was someone must have called the cops. Hey, a black guy just went into that barber shop. Maybe he's gonna shoot him or do something to him. And called the yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, obviously, yeah. because I said I said, oh, I'm I'm a student. Campbell's yeah. What was like oh, This one is just an immigrant who came to get yeah. a better life. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was, you know. So I did. A, I had a lot of experiences, but because of my. Naive, I was so naive, greenness. It is, it's I, just occurring to you now that wow, now, that's what that yeah, was about. That's what that was about. And the other thing was, so the black is so, so, so divided. Church, we're going to church called um, it was a Baptist church, and the, mm-hmm. the football. The, so it's so sad. The black football players <laughs> who were like, okay, let's go to this big whatever Campbellsville Baptist Church, and we went there, but they were so uncomfortable. Like people are going to be looking at us, blah blah blah. I don't want to go to this church. All right, guys, let's just go to church. It's just church, you know. Yeah. We're going to God's pray, house. pray to God. Yeah. God's house. Love. These guys were these were African American football. I didn't, dude. I didn't think anything of it, but they were so conscious, and they're like they felt so uncomfortable. Like, what is this? What is what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. But now I'm like, 
the, and everyone came to like, how you guys doing? You go to the university over there, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wow. So, yeah. I mean, then as I got more I ingrained, I became, I became more aware of my... Aware, yeah. I, aware, I was like, wow, this is what... And I think, I, think, I think that might have done you well, not knowing much, because it would have tempered down your reactions. I mean, if you had been alert, you'd have reacted more to things, but because you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm just here to go to school. You're just taking things. Somebody says, nigga, we're like, okay, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but now, no one would probably get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. What's your... What's so that, your that, what's, that, yeah, yeah, so that, that, that's just my initial... I had a lot of experience, but I was just like coolest. Yeah. And now, I guess even... I. That was different. I guess even I never, to be honest, I, I guess I consider myself lucky. Um, Stoughton Police is actually no, no, actually no. no. Hold on, hold on. Let's let's leave huh? the police out of it. When when we'll get to police shortly, I just want to talk just, about general experience. General, we're, we're going to talk so, about police. So yeah, just no, 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 you, you actually have something to talk about police. I'll remind you soon. But I'll let I'll let Will just. Okay. What's your, what's your like? Well, I was yeah, going to talk so, about my banana experience, but looking. So yeah, my, the, the very first um, that I can remember in the, and I, I want to keep this workplace because um, I feel like that's more substantive than just personal experience. Yeah. Um, so I think this must have been 2012, no, 2013. Went back home to Nigeria. I was working for the same company. Went home to Nigeria, came back um, two weeks later and I got an email. And the email said, hey, Will, there's this job opening at the Institute. Would you like to have it? You know, and I said, well, sure. Let, you know, so I put in my resume application for it. HR gets it, right? HR gets it. And then, you know, somehow HR says, well, we don't think that job is for you, but we have a better one. (laughs) So they co-opted me to a different job. Right, which they were looking for someone who was clinical, who had business experience, couldn't find, so I was personally found. And so it moved me from that institute to this client services job. So I'm basically facing um, folks down at Beacon Hill. Um, I interviewed with three levels in the company. The fourth, I had to meet with the executive director down at Beacon Hill. So we went down to meet with the client, Met the client, client actually liked me very much and said, you know, hire this guy. So they, you know, they they made me the offer. They made me, you know, monetary offer. I mean, I accepted whatever the money was. And then the week after they announced, not even the week, the day after they announced that I was now in charge of that client account, hmm. my CEO at the time sent me a personal congratulatory message. And that message had funny language and so it was like congratulations um you know it, i don't want to kind of regurgitate the exact just say it, rephrasing just say what he said this is no, exactly it, just say it. It, it basically said so it was lengthy but it basically said i do not know what your background is do not fuck this up wow <laughs> and i'm thinking but I've been through three stages of interviews. I've met with the, you know, my immediate director. I've met with the, you know, senior vice president of client services. I have met with the clients. And having gone through those stages of interviews, I was hired. And you're telling me not to fuck this up? Why? 
I mean, they're just letting you know they, they you put know. you on a pedestal above where you belong. Maybe. So she, she, I don't think she was comfortable with it because it was a she. Yeah. Um, so three weeks into managing the account, the client sent her an email <laughs> saying, in the exact words where, I heart will. I am going to print T-shirts to that effect. This is how much I think he is an asset to your organization. Wow. This is a, so it's a, a white lady who happens to be the Beacon Hill, ex, you know, executive director emailing my CEO, telling her how yeah. much she likes the work I've delivered in three weeks. Yeah. What, what, what and, was so, mm-hmm. and my CEO had, you know, a couple of weeks before that had sent me an yeah, 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 yeah. email. So, you know, for me, I, I thought that was, you know, subtle implicit bias. From, I don't think that's subtle. I don't think that's subtle. I think the most anyone tells you when you start a job is, welcome, we're happy to have you here. Good no luck. One says, yeah, no one says, hey, boy. It, it was it was the do not F it up. It was it was clear. And and that kind of lit some coals under me because now I'm thinking, geez, yeah, what if something yeah. were to Compression. go awry yeah, this yeah. first month? Do I do the walk of shame out the door, mm-hmm. you know? So okay, let's. So I remember, Shay Shay went somewhere and he parked his car somewhere. He drives a good car and then he came back and he found a banana. What did you feel like? Guys, you like? I'm gonna be back in a second. Okay, that's fine. I bet you were confused. Like, what's going on? How did you feel, Shay? I was I was, I was confused. <laughs> you laughed. It was, it was ap- I laughed because it was an after work social. Yeah, and obviously I was the only. Oh, it's Massachusetts. It's Ash. This was Ashland. I work in Ashland, and we went yeah. to <laughs> this spot close to Ashland. Um, and I was just shocked. I mean, I was the only. So people do obviously when I drove there, they know. Okay, this is this, this this dude's car. So yeah. someone must have seen because I went to get something from the car, went back, you know. And they just and left you a nice snack. They left me a snack at the end, you know, and I was interacting. With, obviously, I was interacting with my coworkers, but I didn't, nobody knew who was there. They just saw a lot of people interacting. So they probably yeah. thought, "Oh, it's with this white, with these white women, or whatever." This is this this freaking. I don't know. I'm just. I'm not gonna make any assumptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure I mean, some dude was pissed. He said and left the banana good. on my car. There's so many yeah, other foods. So, yeah. So, so so when when so when we're leaving, I I was like, guys, wait, I'm like. Who put this? I'm like, do you see this? They're like, yeah. I'm like, hmm. And I was, I was confused. I just took that and threw it on the floor. And just you eat, this you have done was eating it too. So. You know, I'm allergic to fruits. I can't eat oh, bananas. Okay, okay, unlucky. Yeah, I would have. I would have like, oh, yeah, that's that's a good. That's a, that's very thoughtful. Yeah. So let's let's segue to 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 police and stuff, right? So for me, I've had a few experiences with the police. Not bad experiences, but I think. When I first came, right, I got stopped really quickly. It didn't take long because I was doing 50 in the 40 zone. So when they stopped me, I was, I was on the way to play soccer with Nate, as always. Well, everything happens to me when I'm going to see Nate and when I'm playing with Nate. So first thing I did, the only thing I remember is my friends say, let the police see your hands. Put your hands where they can see. So when they stopped me, I just raised my hands up in the car. So the person came and said, like, why are your hands up? I said, so the way I lost every accent I had, I said, I just came from, I've just come to America. I just know that my hands should be where you can see. 
So I put them up because I wasn't sure what to do. This lady said, listen, you make me so comfortable. If you keep doing this, you'll never get a ticket. So from then on, anytime police stop me, <laughs> I just put my hands up through the sunroof anywhere. And they all come and say, calm down, hands up, don't shoot. I'm like, hey. So I've not really had any bad experience with the police. Um, I know that. I wonder how. I know that. I uh, yeah, I'm sure you have. And I'd like to hear more about it. I'd like to hear. Doug, just before you start. Doug, when you, go to, when you, when you get stopped by the police, what, what fears do you have when you get stopped by the police? Um... That assumes that I get stopped by the police. Yeah, because your car is really old and crazy. Nate drives a 1922. Is that a Toyota? <laughs> what is that? Is that a Toyota? I don't even know. Uh, you know, this is kind of a sore subject. <laughs> she retired recently, but beautiful oh. Oh, 2002 Toyota Echo. Yeah. So <laughs> did, did you ever get stopped? Do you ever... Wow. Like, do you have, did you ever get stopped? Do you have fears or anything? Like- I've I've never been stopped for speeding anything, even when I was you know and a teenager I know you and drove. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially in my younger days, I drove. I didn't. Yeah, I drove like an idiot. So yeah. I mean, I've yeah. Uh, in your echo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes, it takes, dri- it takes three seconds to 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 get go, get going fast enough to speed. Once you do, <laughs> if the wind's at your back, you can really fly. Yeah, so you never. <laughs> that's crazy. How about you, Will? What's your experience with? I'm, I'm talking specifically about cars and. Yeah, so the, the very first time I was stopped by the police was 2011. So that time I had just started working. So I worked for Prudential for a year, then moved over to DQ. And so at the time, I hadn't bought a car. So I was carpooling with my cousin. So we lived together. We'll drive her car. I would drive, and then she'd, be, she'd ride stuff. So the way we do it is I'll drive her to her office, drop her off, and go to work, and pick her up, and then we'll come home. Yeah. So this morning, we were, we were headed to work. We're on Storo Drive. And so I see this steady on Storo Drive, right? And there's... So and I'm right behind the steady. Steady's going 39, maybe 40. So I'm doing the exact same speed. State police, right? State, State police. police. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I see this car coming up behind me hot. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of this guy's way and let him fly behind. Yeah. So I moved over in front of the state police, and this guy just came. I, I don't know what car it was, and he just went boom right right by us. And all I was thinking is, oh my goodness, this state police is gonna light this guy up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, true truly, the state police car lights come on, sirens come on, but it wasn't moving. <laughs> it was pulling me over. So I pulled over. And the guy comes out, walks up to me, and says, Do you have any idea how fast you were going? And, and I'm thinking, so so so, so I thought he's asking me a question, I better respond, right? So I yeah. said, but I was moving at the speed of, I was about to say, I, I was going at the speed of traffic. And the guy says, shut your mouth. Wow. And at that point, I realized what the guy was trying to do. He was trying to get a rise out of me. So I knew I had to be very respectful. I had to, you know, rein all my ego in. And that was exactly what I did. 
Yeah. When he said, shut your mouth, I shut my mouth. And I said, Simple. sir. And he just went on for like, it, it seemed like 10 minutes, but it probably was more, no more than four or five minutes. It was a long time. He was just venting. He was visibly annoyed. You could really see a little bit of sweat beads on his forehead. And, and after that, he was like, the license and registration. So he grabs my license, grabs the registration, goes to his car, and then probably runs me, finds out that I have nothing, no warrants, no tickets, yeah. nothing. Fresh in the country. So he comes back, didn't hand them to me, tosses them in the car, and said, they're going to let you off with a warning today. You better stop speeding. And I'm thinking, what the heck? The guy who just sped past us, you didn't chase down. I'm going to ask you though, what what car what car was what kind of car was going? Was it a nice luxury car? It was a nice car. I was driving it to your to your Corolla. Okay, yeah. So probably it's probably like ah, you know, there's there's two levels. There's the race level. There's also class level. Like ah, I'm thinking yeah. So so I I quickly realized I you know if, if there's anything I will do anytime probably stop me is keep my hands visible all the time yeah. and just take any abuse that they dish out. I yeah. I will not l litigate my case roadside. I, I always I tell my friends like... I will not do it. The police is your African dad. Police stops you. Good evening, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, I was speeding. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. I apologize. Just, it's not so, worth so it. So one thing that I would not do though is I yeah. would not... I would not apologize for anything um, because then that signals to them that you're tacitly agreeing to whatever no, they... What if, you are doing it? What, what if you're actually doing it? Like if you are actually going 50? I still would not commit to it. Okay. <laughs> because anything can be contestable. So I would, that, this is sim true. I I would simply on. stay as quiet as possible and be profuse with my thank yous. I appreciate that, officer. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. But if you to agree to any violations, I'm not going to do it. Just in case I decide <laughs> I wake up next day and I want to challenge it. Yeah, I, you know, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have my confession that is. Yeah, the, the, you know, there's so many things that I, fig I figured out along the way. Like, I figured out that if I use my full Nigerian name, I probably won't get called by the recruiter. So why not just cut it short? Make it simple. Because, and it makes sense. Like, if you're a recruiter, you have 100 resumes, right? You're looking through the name, you see John, William, Frank, and then you see Olujubuja. You're not going to call Olujubuja. You're going to call John because, it's, first of all, it's easier to pick up. Because you you don't want to say, hello, is this Olujubuja? You're just going to say, you know what, I'm just going to call John. So the moment I figured out, I'm better off just giving my name as Ade or Olu or Ja, then things, things changed. So there's so many things that we have to think of because of where we're from and because of the color of our skin. Like I remember for the first time, you know, in Nigeria, right? When you see another person carrying a, a bag, a heavy bag or anything heavy, you want to help them you out. Assist. Yeah. The first time I did that here, the lady held her bag. She said, stay away from me. Don't touch me. I don't need your help. I was like, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. She said, no, no, I'm fine. Thank you. And then she just stopped walking. Basically, she wanted to see me walk and walk away. Yeah, that's culture shock. But why, why were you trying to help her? Why were you trying to help her? Because I'm just it's a Nigerian boy who sees an older woman. Who, who, was this, who was this lady? It was a professor in school. 
so I was just trying to be helpful, like, let me help you. And she just said, no, just, it was, it was like five o'clock after classes were done. So I was just trying to help, just stopped and she said, go. I'm like, okay. I mean, there's so much, I, I don't know, dog, what, I can, have you ever seen cases where, clear cases of white privilege, where you knew that this, I don't know if, if you could contrast it with someone that was in the same situation mm. or around you where you could say like okay i've just en- enjoyed white privilege do you have any experiences of that or anything yeah i mean it's i like the whole point is you don't think of it Ex- yeah you know so it's 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 not something like it's like wow i just that was great white privilege there you know i really took advantage of that but yeah i mean like when i so like for example when i first moved into my house like i first moved into my house the back screen door was broken and just would like kind of flap in the wind. Yeah. And there was one day where I was just working from home in the kitchen and it was hot. We didn't have AC or anything. So I opened the back door. So I had the back door open and the screen door flapping. Yeah. And um, I'm just sitting at my kitchen table, you know, typing something, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I see some lights outside. And then before I knew it, there was like two cops in my kitchen and other cops like knocking at the front door yeah and they're like who are you what are you doing here and i was like oh this is my house and it was over in two seconds you know they were just <laughs> like they looked around they're like oh okay yeah. somebody called they saw your door was open whatever and then you hear you yeah. hear you no know, you hear these stories now and it's like wow hey know. we have a story here shay you remember when Someone called, your mm-hmm. wife called and thought it was someone going into your house. Meanwhile, it was you. You want, you want to tell us what happened? Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. So I, I pick up, we have this uh, ring video doorbell, right? Yeah. So it was at night. So, you know, it looks like the, the night vision. So I go into the house, you know, Kayla, it was just Kayla. I don't think we had Nathan yet. No. And, yeah. uh. no, we didn't. So, yeah, we just I go into the house and I'm like in the kitchen. And I see lights, people in my backyard with, <laughs> with flashlights. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I ran, I, I ran to the front of the house and I say, Caleb, come. And I see, here see lights, like 10, maybe 20 police cars. And like, put your hands up, put your motherfucking hands up. I'm like, oh shoot. Then my son is like, is mommy going to jail? <laughs> <laughs> And like, it was, it was so strange. And I opened the door and I see guns drawn and, and I'm like, and I, so my reaction, so I wasn't even worried or anything. I just put my, I'm like, what's going on? And I, and I, thank God I saw a detective, stone detective that I like, you know, I actually know the guy. I'm like, yeah. Hey James, what's going on? Like, oh, like, did your wife call? I'm like, I don't know. I just got home. I'm like, but I guess she was on the phone with them. Freaking <laughs> called cops saying a white guy just going into the house. I'm yeah. like, are you freaking kidding me? If the alarm didn't go off, but you just saw a like, you know, she should go. She should go to called me first. Yeah. But no. But anyways. But, but this is after you it, went through, put your hands up and everything. Did you have yeah. to be on the floor? No, no, not all that. That's I saw it like, gone badly. I know. And you know what? The good and, thing is that. And they told our, me to put our, my hands up. So they told me to put my hands up. I didn't put it up. I was like, I was like, I was, I, I, was, I was like, are you freaking in my house? So I gave. The, that was my. 
that was my instinct to like in my house like yeah. get the freak out of here man so i saw so when when they realized that i saw a detect i ignored the rest of them and i was talking yeah. to the detective but when they saw the way i was interacting yeah. with him yeah. okay every they're like okay this then they, they like everything changed immediately they're like oh did your wife call then when they say your wife I'm like oh and then she's like oh no no that's my husband that's my yeah, yeah he, he, imagine if he hadn't been there and you know you mm. were not cooperating. I know you're, have, you're like have, this is like taking a little, right a little longer. Yeah, someone they could have just tackled you to the ground, or you could have gotten a couple of lead bullets Dog, somewhere. Man, all I can say to you is that you don't know how much you can't imagine how much. I don't. I guess give it simple. How much better off you are mm. because. There are so many decisions I have to make where I have to factor in the color of my skin. Like I'm thinking of going to run around the track in a school nearby where I live. I called the school first to say, listen guys, are we allowed to go and run around? I didn't say I'm black on it. I just want to say, is the public around to go and run around? If it was you, you probably just go. And if you run around and it's okay, they just say, oh, please don't run around. But for me, they probably call the cops and say, there's this black guy running around. There's so many things I have to think of. Even my wife jokingly says, don't walk around the neighborhood at night. But I'm like, yeah, this is a small neighborhood. Everyone knows everyone. Knows everyone. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's true. Because anything can happen. Anybody can call the police and say, there's this black boy here. You know, Jabs, you're so right. Because my wife polices everything that I do, right? Yeah. Um, if I tell her, hey, I'm, where you are. I'm, I'm, I'm headed crazy. to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to grab you know, one, two, and I'm back. So she's thinking, okay, it's going to take him five minutes to the grocery store, probably stay at the grocery store 15 minutes, yeah. kind of walk around a little bit, check out. He'd probably be back home in half an hour. An hour has been gone, and I'm not back. Hello. She's going to call. Everything okay? <laughs> if I'm headed out and it's cool and it's a, and I put on a hoodie, she's like, okay, that's another under no circumstance should you pull that hoodie over your head. Could you change into a sweater? So there, there are all these things she does. For me, it ticks me off sometimes. I'm like, oh, why you? But then I always have to kind of read myself in and be like, oh, yeah. she's right. Yeah. Do you ever have to think about stuff like that, dog, when you're going out? Uh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, just... yeah, the, yeah, no. Apart from hoping that there's no black guy going to rob you. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> no, like, like the example you gave, you know, of running, running around the track. So in town here, I run around the track sometimes and there's like little kids playing soccer. And sometimes I get nervous. Like, oh, I'm a middle-aged man who doesn't know any of these kids playing soccer. Like, and I'm clearly running, but, you know, is somebody going to be upset? But at the yeah. same time, even if they are, I'm not worried. Well, isn't, you know, it's, it's like sad, if, if somebody sad, says something to me, I'm not scared. I'll just say, okay, sorry. I'm just yeah, running. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not, it's not, there's not like a bigger fear behind it. You know? if, even when we're playing soccer, right? You know what? When I say talking white friend, I actually not, I'm very grateful to have this guy in my life. Cause there are times when we're playing soccer and there's this white guy coming and trying to kick us off the field. And I just say, dog, can you go talk to them? I mean, they might still say, go away. But you, the competition is a bit different. And, yeah. and you know, some of us have tips on our shoulders. When you see a white guy coming, you know, we just, we're just playing football. It's no big deal. We're just playing football. I mean, 
you can blame us for that, but we've been through a lot, so we know what's coming. Bonnie just goes in and say, hey, hey, we're just here playing soccer, and it's just this. And they just be like, okay, you guys <laughs> play for five more minutes. So, like, I just think about it now. I'm so grateful to actually have a white friend. Many people don't have white friends, you know. It's so much, like, if, imagine if I didn't have dog, right? I would have been kicked out of that league. But we played there every year for at least eight years now. No problems. So let's, as we round up, let's talk about... Hold on, I, 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 yeah. I want to say something real quick. So Yeah, no, we're not this, done yet. Yeah, but go on, yeah. No, so I was saying, so I remembered another instance where in, I used to live in Braintree. Quick, we lived in Braintree, right? I wouldn't pick up something. And, but my car, the muffler, I had like a grand ammo or something. Mm. And it was, lo- it was loud. So the Braintree police heard me and said, oh, you're speeding. So, so for me, my natural response, I'm not scared of any, because I'm not a criminal, I'm not the, So the guy was like, slow down, car down. So, I, so my reaction was, I, I put my hand like, well, I gave him a look like, are you stupid? And I gave him the hand, and he turned his car around. He t- and like, chased me, and pulled, like, you know, like, well, you, you're speeding. I'm like, no, I wasn't. He's like, you're, I was like, no, I wasn't. So he was shocked that I was, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're talking to yeah. me like that? And it was like, yeah. He's like, who are you talking? I'm like, listen, I wasn't speeding. I'm just I'm like, it's the sound of the car. Like, did you modify the car? I'm like, dude, I just bought this car. I don't know what you mean. This is how it sounds. I don't like, you know, I was just talking, you know, like I knew. Yeah. Like yeah. I stood my ground. The guy yeah. was so confused. Like, have you been smoking weed? He's like, I'm like, what? I, so I was confused. I was so confused by the question. Like, I'm gonna search this car. I'm like, search. And he opened the door, looked at my reaction. He saw that I wasn't even I wasn't backing down. Yeah, and he yeah. slammed it. Don't let me ever see you again. I'm like, what do you mean? I live in Braintree. The guy got mad. <laughs> I just walked away. He <laughs> was like, who's this yeah. motherfucker that is? I think, so, I think, I like, think, you, I think, I think you had that reaction because you've been around for a while. I mean, you've, no, been, you've been in America. But, you've been in America for at least two or three years or no, four years. It's, I feel so. When I think about it, it was just me acting like a re- normal human being to someone who's being. Mm. No, trust me. Trust me. Disrespectful. If, if, if this happened when you just came in, you wouldn't have been able to talk like that. You could say anything you want here on this, on this show, but I guarantee you that <laughs> if it happened when you just came to Kentucky, you'd have been more like, "Oh, I wasn't. It's just a car. I wasn't." I, it wasn't speeding, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a little more. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, so what you guys think? You know, there's so. I mean, the news is fraught with all the priority in protest. I think it's, it's easy to say that there's a lot of the police is high-handed in America. I don't think anybody would debate that. But do you guys think that we've come to a point where where things will change? I mean, I'm sure people said this in, what was that guy in California that got beaten? King? People said, oh, this is crazy. These riots are crazy. This is going to change everything. Nothing changed. You think that this is one of those another cycle where there'll be noise and then just like gun violence and then forget about it and then life goes on? Or you think this is actually no? This is because a lot. There's a lot of talk of defunding police. Today I saw that um, what's the company? There's a company who is who is not giving police their face recognition um, tools anymore. I'm not sure what that was. You know, I I think there isn't going to be a lot of change. Yeah. Um, and I and I say that because as long as we have police, right? Police are gonna be staffed by people. 
these people are not raised by the police. They are raised by these outside culture that they've grown up in. Yeah. And that outside culture may have, in one way or the other, shaped the biases that they carry everywhere mm. they go. And because of that, you may change the rules. You may change procedure. Well, you, you can't change, change the people and, and the, can't the, change their culture. Yeah. Unless you start from exposing them to other people who do not look like them from really early when they're young. Or, or and, if and you... That might or that might you make help. sure that black people are policing black people. Or that. Um, you know, so... But unfortunately, I don't know that there are a lot of, you know, black people applying to, to join the police force. Maybe maybe they're not getting hired for another reason. Who knows? But yeah, I, I feel some reason the implicit bias is not going to go away overnight. That yeah. shit is deeply rooted in, in, in a lot of us. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I, when I see a guy who is you know 300 pounds got a beard as big as my head it's got tattoos all over the place of course Walking across we all, we all have biases is, is what we do with the biases that that are different i'm gonna find an excuse to cross the road straight up that's my implicit bias yeah that guy could be the vp of yeah some you know strategy at apple for all you know but my bias says a guy that looks like he's just dropped out of sons of anarchy it's probably <laughs> violent, you know, and he yeah. may not be. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's the same thing that some of these police officers deal with. It's their, the baggage of life that they've kind of been dealt over their lifetime. Yeah. And now they carry those into the police force. And, and, and that makes for cases where, you know, police officers stop someone for a broken tail light. The guy just goes to you, hey, I have a license firearm. And you say, where's your license registration? He's reaching for his license. You say, don't pull out the gun. He says, I'm not pulling it out the gun. And he fires four shots into the car, knowing he has a little nine-year-old in the backseat and his girlfriend next to him. You still, you know, reflexively fire four shots into the car, killing him right there. Yeah. The only explanation for that is that guy was afraid of a black man for no reason. Simple so I was brought up, yeah. Yeah, Nate, what, what do you think, Doc? Do you think these things would change or do you think this is just another? Well, there's, you know, I think more more people are getting on board, I think, with some of these mm. policy changes anyway. And I more, agree. Like it's less, it's, it's shifting now to sort of a default position with yeah. the exception of, you know, you, you have your sort of Trump-based folks who are digging in their heels. Yeah. But in terms yeah. of the, you know, the, the most 30% of the country, 40% yeah. of the country that's sort oh, of minority. Yeah. didn't care too much, you know, like, um, I can speak for myself, like, a lot of this stuff, you know, I took my sociology classes in college. I spent some time in Boston. I, you know, try and expose myself to the world, whatever. And a lot of ideas I could intellectually understand, but, you know, for me feel, you know, there's something where I'm feeling it a bit more now, you know, which is very 
kind of shameful, um, you know, to think that wh- why wasn't I feeling this for the last yeah, yeah, yeah. 35 years of my life, whatever it is. But, um, you know, and I think other other people I've spoken to are having some of that same experience. So if there is some... There's a deeper reckoning going on than so, before. Yeah, so, you know, again, that can be fleeting too, you know, you can yep. feel it for a week and then... Just like everybody felt, everybody felt crazy when those kids were murdered in um, where was that in was that was that place where those kids Sandy were Hook? Sandy Hook and we're like wow this is crazy but then yeah that was, nothing has changed since then I mean yeah so I, I think don't know. It's, yeah. you gotta cap you gotta capitalize quickly I think but yeah I could I could see it being you know if it's just some marginal policies and the basic structure of police stay the same and nobody you know, pays much attention to how businesses are, you know, for me, I'm looking at, you know, who, who's in my group at work and what candidates am I looking for? And, you know, like those are, you know, even if the police are fixed tomorrow, the problem's not fixed tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, yeah. It does feel like there's some momentum, but how far it'll actually make a change is. Yes, yeah, so it does. Trump, Trump saying, <laughs> Trump just keeps saying things that just make me like, yeah, nothing's gonna change unless he, unless the office changes. Yeah. Any but, round okay, let me say something. So, so real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, corporate America is changing, and the fact that. So you know, does this say like in 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 the, office, in the workplace you don't talk about race, you don't talk about politics, and what else? There's religion. three things you don't talk religion. about. And religion. religion. Yeah, race, yeah. politics, and religion. But now, you know, re- like, so when that thing happened, now you see all these CEOs coming out. Even the president, of, a carrier came out and Raytheon. I know we're, it's a pretty big company because we're about 50,000 employees globally. So we had a town hall and the guy was almost in tears. You could tell, he was trying to hold back tears. So I, I saw the humanity in him. He's like, listen, I cannot be quiet. So maybe and that so speaks need, to what what Nate um, Doug was saying that there's a deeper reckoning going on. Maybe this people, be yeah. Good. So I see I see a lot of white people who get it. No, but think so. about it. That I think this is the I, I think why this this carried so much weight. And I think there's a shift in how people think because six five years ago you say Black Lives Matter, people like you know all lives matter. People didn't get it, but now everyone it's I don't want to say it's become trendy, but I think people, it's begin to click like. Dude, like so black it's, lives it's the, do matter. Why not? It's the critical mass thing theory that you know folks have been putting out there. It, it seems as though we've hit a critical mass of people now that are at least, oh, mm. I wouldn't say aware, but are coming to grips with the fact that you know this racial is a humanity issue. Exist. Yeah, but juxtapose that against our Obama donating liberal-minded Karen from Central Park who donated to the Obama just, you know, Obama campaign is as little oh, white a liberal. liberal. She's a, yeah, she's a, as little white and liberal as you can get. Wow. And she called, she needlessly called the violent arm of the state. I mean, so and think that about guy. that. That That's ML Till 1955 repeating itself in Central Park. A guy mm. tells you, leash your dog. Yeah. And your response 
was I will invoke the violent arm of the state on you knowing that I'm playing a victim card here. That you know what I got? You know what I got? Is threatening my life. He could have stood his ground all he wanted. If the police had come, mm. they are primed now that there is a potential life-threatening situation going on. In Central Park. arrived there and terrorized him without asking questions. I know. Terrorized when they killed him, they arrived and within three seconds, there was, there was no se- stop, there was no seconds. freeze. Because they had been told there was a Sad. man in the park pointing a gun at people. This was a 12-year-old boy playing with a plastic toy gun. They arrived and they executed him, no questions asked. So that could easily have happened to this, to, you know, to, I forget his name, Michael Cooper. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's so, so she, she willfully invoked that. Mm. And she's a white liberal. Her privilege. Right? So you're like... I'm going to call daddy. And that is going to mess you up. I'm going to call my henchmen on you. And I'm going to tell them, falsely tell them that you're threatening my life. What do? You, what, what was the outcome she was expecting? So if, 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 if there's one person like that, well, how many others are there like her? Who legitimately think of themselves as good people? Yeah. But would immediately, at the drop of a dime, the state against you. Yeah. Just because of the color of your skin. So, you know, for me, I'm a little more cynical than the average. I, I'm not expecting a big change. Corporate America, I, I think because this is, um, so things change incrementally in this country. Yeah. I think because mm. now this is being blown everywhere and it just seems like they have to do something. Yeah. It's now becoming fashionable and trendy to support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Will we make institutional changes within your corporate structure that advances Black lives? You I have don't to. think so. I don't no, think so. Corporate. Nah, you have companies that because so we had that discussion. I I guess because I'm in a position. Honestly, I'm in a position of power. It, and, and uh, you know, and I lead my team. And I told, I told, I'm part of leadership. So I'm like, we're having this conversation. They're like, oh, I'm like, so why aren't we having this conversation? They're like, oh, we don't, we don't know. Um, what, what, what was um, the guy's response? We don't, I don't know how to address this. Can you help? He's like, can I help him draft? I'm like, I'm not Jesus. I'm not the savior. I'm like, you need to say how you feel about the issue. Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting I'm you like, bring that up too. <laughs> so, but. But I know I, I I'm not going to get fired for bringing it up because we're co-equals and I had the 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 I called my team together and like let's talk I'm like so I have like four or five four managers that report to me and older white guys yeah they're all older white guys yeah one is young about my age then there's a woman white woman then I have this black woman she's Haitian. Um, can I can I drop in a similar story to that? So yeah. Yesterday, you know, I'm I'm one of the I'm on the steering committee of one of our employee resource groups for African American mm-hmm. folks. So you know, um, we met with our CEO yesterday, head of HR, you know, executive vice president of HR, um, executive vice president of marketing. I, would, I I I I thought the marketing EVP was really curious. Why would we have marketing in there? 
having a discussion about making changes if it's not to go spin publicly for profit. But of course. But this is just my cynical Nigerian brain thing. And then the, the CEO was there. Um, and a few years ago, he had mentioned that, you know, he took this CEO pledge against racism. He went to this, you know, um, yeah. Workshop thing at New York. And then I, <laughs> so I literally asked him, so about three years ago, you said you took this racism pledge, right? What has come out of it in the past three years? Have you guys met again and done anything? Or is there a plan that you guys are, you know, actualizing or implementing that you would like to share? And he kind of gave these long-winded response that kind of didn't say anything. Yeah. Bullshit. And that's another window into where my you know, so yeah, I'm on yeah, a leadership yeah, team yeah. too. And and I and I see some of this stuff and I'm like, corporate America does what favors the bottom line. No, this I think so, some line. people mean it. The the cool thing is our HR director is, is black too. She's a she's Brazilian. Um and we have other black people in that. So I think what makes it more powerful is we have black people in, in management and even at, at the corporate level, we have, you know, allies and advocates and actually black executives. So people are speaking and they're speaking up like, yo, we need to do something about this. You know, I and remember one of the girls yesterday on the, on the call telling our CEO, let's, you know, about 30, 40% of our company is African-American, right? Mostly black really? people. people are wow. Yeah. But the vast majority of them are in entry-level jobs, customer service and stuff like that. The higher you go, you get to manager level, they're probably, I don't know, 10, 15. You get to the director VP level and you start to see those faces of color just disappear. Yeah. Mm. You know, and you're like, if we want to support people of color. Diversity should, and inclusion. Shouldn't, yeah. we, shouldn't we have them advance to leadership? Leadership I mean, It just level, seems yeah. like there's this glass ceiling that you can't crack through. You know, yeah. I guess I guess the bottom line is that it's, it's left to be seen, right? I mean, just like I like to, I always bring it back to the gun violence thing. Every time something big happens, be like, ah, this is the one, this is the one, this is too much. It's gonna stop. I thought Sandy Hook was the one. Yeah. So and that's ages ago. So we'll see how it goes. Like, dog, as you have any final words of encouragement to us, your immigrant friends, you give us advice on how to survive in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a wonderful country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll, we'll revisit this after after everything dies down. But it's definitely been good talking to you guys. I'm sure I'll have you guys over again sometime. Um, it's been fun. I've learned. I've got to catch up with a few of you that I haven't spoken to in a while. I will surely bring you back at some point. I wish you all a good end to the week and hope that soon when all this madness is over, we can hang out again. Thank you guys for coming. All right. yeah, Cheers. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks, all right. Take it easy. Well, good then, night, fellas. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Jack's Chill Vibes. It was fun having you guys listen. It was fun having my friends around. Um, I'll catch you guys soon. On the next episode. Till then, stay well, stay safe. <laughs>